Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from the Lancet Respiratory Medicine. I'm Catherine Rolfe. This month we are joined by Dr Jeff Bellingen, author of a paper which assesses the effect of intravenous interferon beta-1a on lung CD73 expression and on acute respiratory distress syndrome mortality. Let's hear from him introducing himself. I'm Dr Bellingen and I am Principal Investigator on the study and I am a reader in intensive care medicine at University College London Hospitals. Dr Jeff Bellingen, thank you for joining us today. Could you start by telling us about the background and rationale to this study? Yes, it's a very exciting study because we found a mechanism whereby we could control capillary leak and potentially reduce inflammation and these are fundamentally the driving forces in lung injury or ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome, which is a major factor of mortality in many different types of patients with critical care. What we found was that an enzyme called CD73, which promotes formation of anti-inflammatory adenosine, it decreased, its expression has decreased in severe inflammation, but interferon beta could promote the expression of CD73, promote the formation of adenosine, which is anti-inflammatory, and thus reduce capillary leak and inflammation. And the exciting fact is that interferon beta has been used in man already, but in a completely different situation in the treatment of multiple sclerosis. So this study was really looking at whether we could use interferon beta safely in man with acute lung injury and whether it had any beneficial effect. And what were the key findings? The key findings were, first of all, that we could use interferon beta safely in man. We changed the formulation, we changed the route of administration, which were vital for the study because we needed to give it in critically ill patients, so we gave it intravenously in a stable form. And secondly, we found that we've established the optimal dose of interferon beta for the study at 10 micrograms daily. And thirdly, although recognizing it is a at this stage a small phase 1-2 study, there was a significant impact on survival with the patients in the control group having a mortality of over 30%, which is what you'd expect for patients with severe acute lung injury, whereas the patients in the treatment group had a mortality of 8%, thus mandating us to really go on and do a large phase 3 study. How will these findings influence clinical practice and ARDS? patients and what treatment options are there currently available? So ARDS is, as I said, a very important condition for us in critical care in that it's common and it's serious with a significant mortality in the order of 30 to 40 percent. Thus far, no active licensed treatments have been established for ARDS. There's been a significant improvement in mortality from improved supportive care with reducing the ventilation pressures and the ventilation volumes, and that's dropped the mortality from the 40s to 50% down to 30 to 40%. But in terms of a licensed treatment for ARDS, there has been none so far, despite a myriad of attempts to try and find that. So if this treatment maintains the efficacy when we do the large phase three study, then the implications are enormous because there's a vast number of patients worldwide with acute lung injury and we could really transform the survival of those patients with the first licensed treatment. Are phase three trials of intravenous interferon beta-1a in ARDS patients underway? So Farron Pharmaceuticals, who are the sponsor for the study, are awaiting final European Medical Advisory Agency approval for the phase three study and we anticipate launching this in early 2014 across seven or eight countries and 50 or more recruiting centres across Europe. We're 
aim to do this quite quickly and hope to have a study concluded within 18 months or more after the commencement of the study next year. And finally, what is the next research priority for the field? It's very exciting. The causes of acute lung injury are many. So sepsis, pneumonia, trauma, multiple different injuries to the body can trigger the lung to get capillary leak and inflammation. And obviously the question is, does interferon beta not only improve the lung, but does it help with some of the driving causes from the primary injury? So sepsis itself, pancreatitis, we found that there was a suggestion that the amount of other organ support, kidney support and blood pressure support, was also improved by use of interferon beta. So we'd be looking at septic patients, we'd be looking at patients with kidney support from a number of different injuries in critical care, and potentially even neurological support as well. So multitude of different approaches and real excitement. There's an added exciting angle to this, which is, I mentioned right at the beginning, the CD73 enzyme. This is shed and you can record it in the blood. And we've got a parallel study looking at whether measuring the CD73 levels can help us specifically target the length of treatment of interferon beta and the scale of treatment of interferon beta and maybe even choose some patients who might not need it or might need it. So we've also got an exciting marker molecule. So a lot of excitement in this field. Dr. Jeff Bellingen, thank you for speaking with the Lancet Respiratory Medicine. Thanks very much.